You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. everyone and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down threats and vulnerabilities and solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. And now, a word from our sponsor, SixSense. SixSense provides award-winning cloud-based automated endpoint and vulnerability management solutions to streamline IT and security operations. With its advanced platform, businesses gain complete visibility and control over their infrastructure, reducing IT and security risks, and optimizing operational efficiency. With SixSense, you'll get real-time alerts, risk-based vulnerability prioritization and remediations, and an intuitive automation and orchestration engine so you can focus on your core business goals. Confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose SixSense, visit SixSense.com. We were actually drawn to this research by the fact that there are many people and many organizations who isolate their networks into two parts uh, using what's called the guest network on the routers. That's Dr. Yossi Oren from Ben-Gurion University. The research we're discussing today is titled Cross-Router Covert Channels. So this research was performed by uh, my graduate student, Adar Ovadia. She was helped by uh, Rom Ogan and uh, Yaakov Malach. And these routers actually don't have two guest networks. They only have one network, and all the separation is done by software. And we were curious to see whether this separation is actually effective. We were very, uh, very worried that it's only part-based isolated. And we actually discovered that, indeed, this software isolation doesn't work in practice. Well, let's go through together. I, I think many of us are, are familiar with how this works, but... I think particularly when folks have home routers, they will set it up to have a guest network. What's going on in the router when you go through that setup? Uh, If you set up your router to have a guest network, it means that some of the computers which connect to this router can't see the other computers. They can go to the Internet, but they can't actually connect to other computers on your network. So even if they try to look for them or to scan for them, they won't be able to see. So if you have a device you really don't trust, 
maybe you bought a really cheap uh, camera or a monitor or a sprinkler or something like that, and you really need it to connect to the cloud, but you don't want it to be hacking into your own network, you would put this device on your guest network. And what happens is that every time this router gets a network packet from this guest network, it won't send it over to the host network, which is where your, all your sensitive stuff is hiding. It will only send it to the internet. This is how, at least how it's supposed to work. Hmm. And uh, one of the, the things, the sort of uh, foundational uh, things that you're looking into here is this notion of covert channels. Can you describe to us what is that about? So a covert channel is a way for two parties, uh, let's call them the sender and the receiver, uh, to talk to each other when they're not actually supposed to be talking to each other. I think the most famous example we have is uh, when you have students who are trying to chat with each other and they're not allowed to use uh, chat software, so they use a game, let's say uh, Words with Friends, or uh, they're both playing this game, but they're not, really, they're not actually playing this game. They're sending messages through the chat function of this game. Or they're editing a draft document together and they're never actually sending it. So this is an example where the school administrator is trying to stop you from sending data to each other. But you can also imagine that the router is trying to protect uh, the guest network and the host network from communicating. So the router is going to look at all the traffic uh, which is going across and it's not going to let it across if it's between the host and the guest networks. So a covert channel is a way of getting around this. And covert channels have been around ever since the ancient Greek times. There was a... Uh, According to military history, in ancient Greek times, this general wanted to send a message, and this me and he wanted to, message them, to send a message in a way where nobody can detect who was sending the message. So what this general did, he shaved the head of one of his slaves, tattooed the message on the slave's head, and then sent the slave, waited until the hair grew back, and sent the slave uh, with the message. And uh, nobody actually thought of, you know, if you would capture the slave and search him, you wouldn't find any message. But once the slave got to his uh, destination, the guy who got the slave shaved the head off the slave and he could read the message. So mm -hmm. I'm not shaving the head off any message in the network, but uh, this is in a way of hiding a message I want to send uh, and nobody will actually know I'm sending the message. So the, the router won't be, won't be able to block it. So within these routers, what, what opportunities for covert channels exist? So there are two ways of sending data across a router without the router detecting it. One way is just looking for bugs in the router. So the router is supposed to block all the traffic between the host and the guest network. What happens if uh, the code of the router has a bug in it and this packet is not blocked? So we went over the big list of protocols that router support, and we found three or four of these bugs uh, in a lot of routers. We actually found uh, uh, nine what's called CVE, vulnerability, where the router is supposed to be blocking traffic and it's not. So these are bugs. Uh, another thing we can do is something which is a bit sneakier, and this is just uh, taking uh, advantage of the fact that these routers have really, really slow CPUs. They're, of course, very cheap devices. Their CPUs aren't so fast. So if we overload these CPUs from the guest network, uh, the router is going to be responding to some to traffic slower, and we can check from the guest network if the traffic is getting slower. If it's getting slower, it means we're actually trying to write something. We're trying to send a message. And uh, if it's fast, it means we're not trying to send the message. 
So I just gave you a very basic way of sending one bit across. And from this, you can build a way of sending entire messages. The thing about these, what we call timing-based covert channels, is that they're not bugs. It's very, very difficult to fix these timing-based covert channels without completely redesigning the hardware and the software of the router. Now, the the first uh, type of channel that you described, um, you say it was taking advantage of bugs. Were these bugs in the protocols themselves? Is that so? So, in other words, it's not specific to any particular brand of router. Would would it be available to you, regardless of of what brand you were attempting it on? So, uh, some of these bugs were common between several routers. Some of them were not to be found in any router. We checked on a very expensive router, and these so-called direct cover channels were not there. Um, but um, we found one of these in most of the routers we investigated. So overall, your ability to do this is, is widespread across many different brands. We didn't find a single router which doesn't have at least one kind of cover channel. This goes from the cheapest router to the, to the newest and biggest and most expensive router we check. Now, so your abilities here to cross over from the guest network to the main network, um, how does that give you access to devices on the other network that you're trying to infiltrate? Okay, so I need uh, everybody to calm down. We're not going to be able to hack into the network using this cross-router convert channel. What we will be able to do is communicate from one side of the network to the other. So if I have two cooperating devices, let's say, for example, uh, I have uh, malware running on the guest network and I want to send a command to this malware, or I've, I've spied on somebody from the, guest, from the host network and I want to leak it out through the guest network, then these two devices can cooperate and send data to each other using this covert channel. So the two examples we gave in the paper are uh, one, I have this hidden, um, hidden what's called a logic bomb or a Trojan horse inside my network. Uh, and the, an attacker just, let's say I bought a really cheap device and this cheap device has some hidden functionality. And now the attacker wants to trigger this functionality. The attacker wants to turn it on so the attacker can do this using a covert channel. And the other use case we discussed in our paper is that I have uh, an implant which is spying on me, and now this implant found something really interesting. Maybe they took a picture of, of me doing something uh, sneaky, or it got a health measurement which is going to be used against me. And now this implant wants to what's called exfiltrate this data. It wants to get it outside. Mm. And let's say this network is being monitored, so this can't be done directly. But if this implant is using this cross-router covert channel, then it can exfiltrate this data without getting caught. I see. So it's a matter of, of having a method of communication between the two channels, but it's not as if uh, the two channels were open to each other for direct digital uh, sending of data back and forth, the, the way we conventionally think about it. Yes. So I would need to have a foothold in at least one of the networks before I can do my sneaky stuff. But uh, we've shown that there is an attack, and you can read the paper, it's called the CSRF ARP attack, which allows you to do it with only a foothold on one of the networks, and the other network only need an, uh, a web browser to be open. How much would this sort of thing affect people in the enterprise space? Is this 
primarily hitting folks who have home routers, or should enterprise folks be worried about it as well? Uh, there are two kinds of enterprise which should be concerned. The first of them is uh, the small business offices. Uh, you know, uh, doctors, lawyers, dentists, people who have their practices, and they have really small networks, and they have, uh, you know, clients coming in. If it's, you know, clients coming into a lawyer or people waiting in the waiting room of a, of a dentist or of a small doctor, and these people uh, use uh, guest networks extensively as part of their business, and on the host networks, they have really critical data for their work. Uh, so this, this uh, situation would be very risky for these kinds of businesses. And another uh, another enterprise situation, which is very risky, uh, is uh, is a hospital actually. So hospitals use a lot of uh, medical devices, which are kind of IoT devices. You have connected uh, heartbeat sensors and ECG systems, and uh, all sorts of infusions. And all of these devices are impossible to patch because they're medical devices. You can't just go and connect your medical device to the internet and update it. So there is what's called the Medical Device Isolation Architecture, which the Veterans Administration has published, which says all of these medical devices are considered to be very, very prone to viruses and so on. So we're going to isolate them from the network. Uh, so this isolation is done using uh, what's called logical isolation, using a guest network and a host network. Then what we've shown is that these devices can still have access to the sensitive network they're trying to be isolated from. And what are your recommendations in terms of mitigation for people to protect themselves? My suggestion is a bit uh, trivial. Routers are very, very cheap. Uh, I think in the US, the cost of cable for one month is about the, the cost of a router. So uh, I suggest if you really value uh, this isolation, if you have very, very critical information on your host network, you should just uh, spend $50 and buy another router and have this router for your guests or for your clients and so on. So physical isolation is the way to get around this problem. And for the average home user who's doing this, I mean, is this something of, of, of genuine concern? Or um, I guess how much of this is, is theoretical? How much do you expect folks could actually take advantage of this? So the attack is very practical in that we demonstrated on all the routers we investigated. Uh, when you're trying to decide, do you want to spend extra money on protecting your network? You should make the rational decision just when you decide whether to lock your door at night. What have I got to lose? If what you've got to lose is, you know, the high scores on your Xbox, maybe you don't want to do it. If what you've got to lose is all the backups of your dental practice, maybe you should spend a little extra to protect yourself. Our thanks to Dr. Yossi Oren from Ben-Gurion University for joining us. The research is titled Cross-Router Covert Channels. We'll have a link in the show notes. And now a word from our sponsor, Netscope. Netscope is a worldwide leader in SASE and Zero Trust. Its unified platform, Netscope One, provides optimized access and zero trust security for people, devices, and data anywhere they go, helping customers reduce risk, accelerate performance, and get unrivaled visibility into any cloud, web, and private application activity. To learn more about how Netscope helps customers be ready for anything on their SASE journey, 
visit netskope.com. The CyberWire Research Saturday is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.